This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hallelujah. All right, who's enjoying this new carpet? I'll probably say that a few more times, but you walk into the building and that new carpet smell kind of hits you. It's kind of like you get a new car. You're like, kids, don't spill anything on the carpet. You know, you don't don't eat your French fries in here. So anyway, praise God. Well, we started last Sunday night a series called Spiritual Grown Ups, because I don't know if this is breaking news to you, but not everybody that goes to church is spiritually mature yet. And just because they've gone to church for a super long time, it doesn't mean that they're spiritually mature yet. Because I know some people that have been in church for a super long time and they're extremely immature. Little, you know, they, they don't forgive other people. They hate, they, you know, they, they don't walk in love and forgiveness. They, you know, they, they, there's all, all sorts of things that the Bible says make up a mature Christian. And just because you've been here forever, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're mature. I mean, there's some old people, you know, just naturally speaking, that still have immature tendencies. There's, you know, selfish and things like that. So age does not necessarily make somebody mature spiritually or naturally. And so last week, we looked at this topic of spiritual grown-ups know how to play well with others because this is a fundamental thing that you need to be able to do, be able to get along with your brothers and sisters, right? There comes a point in time where you should be able to function and live with and work side by side with other Christians, other people, and not fight all the time. You know, sometimes it just it shocks me. The people I see that everywhere they go, drama follows them. You know, and I look at some of these, you know, some of these young dudes I work with and stuff. And I'm like, man, I've never just every job I've been at, every place I've gone to, every time I hang out with a group of people had fights and drama. Yet I see some of these guys and everywhere they go. I'm like, why is it that nobody, you know, why? I'm just thinking, why has that never happened to, you know, different ones of us here? But some people, it just surrounds them everywhere they go. Well, the answer is, is they're immature. Amen. They're immature. They don't know how to let things go. You know, somebody says something and they don't know how to just let it go. That's a sign of immaturity. If you have to always have the last word, if you have to always say something, if you can never let things go, that is a monumental sign of immaturity. That was last week's sermon. So let's not preach that again. Okay, let's go to this week's sermon. And the next thing we're going to say about spiritual grownups. Part two tonight is this is they have a healthy diet. They have a healthy diet. And that's one thing about kids is if you left it up to them, they would not have a healthy diet. How many of you know, you know, parents, you just if you were to let the children feed themselves, do you think they would get out the Brussels sprouts? And the, I mean, no, they need cotton candy for every meal and they'd love it. They'd eat and they'd, they'd be drinking juice boxes and Kool-Aid and throwing back a Mountain Dew and pounding down fistfuls of cotton candy. It would be disgusting. And, and, and they would see nothing wrong with it. But to the mature person, they're like, dude, son, that's not healthy. That's going to hurt you. It, it tastes really good right now, but that's going to rot your teeth, man. That's, you know, that's going to stunt your growth. That's going to be really bad for you. You got to get some vegetables and, and some meat in there and, and you got, you got to do something about that. But that's the thing is little kids, they don't know any better. They're immature. They've got to learn to eat the things that they may not necessarily like as much as they like cotton candy and Skittles, but the things that are healthy and good for them, right? Are we following along here? Are we on the same wavelength? Okay. 
So we're going to look at three things about spiritual grownups tonight concerning their diet. And the first thing I'm going to say is this is number one, you need solid food. You need to eat some solid food. And as I said, little kids, they don't get this. They'd be totally content to just eat candy all the time or ice cream or sugar and never think anything about it. But there's a lot of spiritual people, a lot, a lot of Christians that they, they don't ever get any solid food. I mean, they just want to go around from, oh, this guy preaches what I like, so I'm going to listen to him for now. And as soon as that guy says something they don't like, well, I'm going to follow this preacher over here. Listen, they're not getting anything solid at all. And it shows because there's a, a massive amount of immaturity among some people. And so, you know, I was thinking about this. I was having, uh, I've heard a lot of discussions lately. Uh, uh, just amongst different uh, uh, ministers and groups. And, and, the, and the, one of the current thoughts is, is that we should start shortening all of our sermons down to 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. And like, if we want to reach the, the new generation, don't preach any more than 15 minutes because young people, you know, they're, they're so dumbed down now that they can't handle anything longer than a 15 minute sermon. And I'm like, dude, you haven't been to my church <laughs> I mean, if I were to preach for 15 minutes, Katie Brady and Norma and Grace, they'd probably, they'd like, they'd get mad, Henry. They, they wouldn't like that. Like 15, what are you doing? And so I think of it this way. Imagine you've been out working hard all week long, maybe, you know, on a roof or something, just work, work and work. And you put in 60 hours of work and all week long, you're like, all right, I know at the end of the week, you know, man, I'm going to get a good meal. You know, my, my wife promised me that she's going to have a great dinner for me on Friday night. And so all week long, you've been out there working and, and putting in the hard work and then she comes and tosses a couple of Skittles on the table when you get home. There you go, honey. Well, I mean, I'd be like, thank you. It would taste good for a minute, but there wouldn't be any substance there to keep you surviving. For You would need some calories to stay alive. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of Christians and even churches where, I mean, they're just getting they're getting Skittles every week. But there's people that need some meat and potatoes. They need some calories, man. They need some solid food. And sometimes, yeah, who in here likes to eat? Come on. I know some of you guys raise your hands. All right. I've been here at Thanksgiving and some of you put down three plates, four plates even. All right. Don't lie to me. God's house. All right. And so you need solid food. You, you and, and, and this is something that's part of the growing process. So let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter five. Who's ready for some real food? All right. And hey, and every now and then it's good to have, you know, a little, little bit of fluff, a little bit of Skittles, a little bit of ice cream, a little bit of, you know, get you a Snickers. That's good. That, I mean, that's good sometimes. You gotta, gotta get that stuff, but you need, you need the meat of the Word of God. You need the solid stuff too. Hebrews chapter five. And we're gonna look here at verses 12 through 14. Hebrews chapter five, verses 12 through 14. And this is talking about spiritual maturity. Look at verse 12. It says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. But instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Man, th- th- this isn't talking to, you know, the nursery here. This is talking to adults. And, and the writer says, 
you've been a Christian, you've been born again long enough now that you should be a teacher in the church. But instead, no, you, you there's people that are having to teach you the basic things about Christianity all over again. We're having to bottle feed you milk when you should be on solid food right now. If you're 20 years old, you should be able to put down a T-bone. Amen. Right. Carne asada, yeah. You need if you're a full-grown man. Part of being a man is you enjoy steak, amen, men. Right? You like the meat, don't you? Yeah. And and so, and, and I mean, I just don't think it'd be that cute if if every night someone had to come and bring you're you're 20 years old. Here's your bottle, honey. You go to go to sleep there. All right. Nighty night, buddy. I mean, that that would be just be insulting and weird and creepy. There's nothing cute about that. If you're a grown man drinking from a bottle, drinking milk out of a bottle, that's not cute. That's weird. And so, check it out. This passage says the exact same thing. You ought to be beyond this right now. We're having to bottle feed you, man, when you should be on solid food. But look at this. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And so there is nothing wrong. There is no shame with feeding a baby a bottle there. I mean, you've got to do that. We've got we got a baby and, and he's still on bottles. I mean, you can't make fun of him. The kid's a baby. It's, a, it's just part of life. And, and you know, when someone's a newborn Christian, I get that, man. It's going to take a few years. They're going to they're going to it's going to take some time now. All right. But there comes a point in time where you've got to get rid of that bottle and put some solid food in the youngster's mouth because they've, they've got to grow. They need something more than just Jesus loves me. This I know that's awesome. That's the truth. But, you know, five, ten years into it, you should be able to handle a little bit more than Jesus loves me. This I know you should be able to get a little bit beyond that. And so we're talking about growing up spiritually and you're not going to grow physically or spiritually without a healthy diet. And sometimes that includes eating things that you don't necessarily like. They're not your favorite, but it's the right thing and it's the good thing to do for you to be healthy. That's why little kids, I mean, a very small percentage of children just love to eat their vegetables. But in order to get to dessert, they've got to get through those vegetables because that's good for them. And the same way it is with a lot of Christians. They're like, I'm not going to church today. The, 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 the sermon's on forgiveness. I don't want to hear about that. I want to tell me when they're preaching about encouragement again. I'll go for the encouragement series. Like, listen, no, you've got to listen and hear all of the word of God, even the parts that aren't your absolute favorite, because that's how you grow. And so I saw this news article that I, I thought was very interesting from New York Daily News. It's about this girl in England who's ate only ramen noodles for 13 years. Ramen, top ramen soup. Every meal for 13 years. And so let me just read you this article. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. But you'll see what it's like when somebody does not have a balanced and healthy diet. And so here's the article. Since she was about five years old, Georgie Reedman from the Isle of Wight in the United Kingdom, England, has been eating primarily ramen noodles and nothing more for virtually every meal. And now the 18 year old girl is suffering the health consequences, as reports indicate that her persistent aversion to fruit and vegetables has rendered her severely malnourished and about as healthy as an average 80 year old. She's 18 and she has the health of an 80 year old. 
And she says, I hate the texture of fruit and vegetables, says Georgie, as quoted by New York Daily News. I can't go to my friend's house for dinner or go out for meals because I don't want them to see me freak out if the side salad touches the stuff I eat. Listen, during a recent doctor visit, practitioners actually thought that Georgie had leukemia because of her weak frame and frail appearance. She weighs 98 pounds and she's five foot three at the age of 18. So uh, um, determined to be severely malnourished, doctors say she has the approximate health of an 80 year old, which is a serious cause for concern at her young age. A diet of instant noodles has likely wreaked incredible amounts of havoc on her organs says Lisa Kaufman, a pediatrician at Village Pediatrics in New York City, about Georgie's current state. The body, especially one that's still developing, needs protein, minerals, and nutrients to grow. That's just basic common sense, end quote. And so here we are. This girl has only ate what she likes and feels like eating for 13 years, and her body is shutting down. Her organs are shutting Isn't that sad? First of all, I mean, the first thought is, where were mom and dad? But anyway, that's that's a whole other topic, that whole other sermon. But you can't just only stick to one thing. You need to have a well-balanced diet. And like this pediatrician said, you got to have protein, fruits and vegetables. This is basic common sense. And some Christians are weak and frail and 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 perishing spiritually because they're not getting a well-grounded meal. They're not eating solid foods from the Word of God. You know, like they're talking about tithing. I don't want to hear about that. Well, even if you don't want to hear about it, it's in the Word of God and it's there. So you need to hear about it and you need to listen. Oh, they're talking about this today. I don't want to hear about talking about healing. They're talking about marriage. They're talking about children. I don't want to hear that stuff, man. I only like to hear the inspirational stuff. Well, listen, you're, that's, that makes you unhappy. That makes you weak. That makes you immature. You've got to get to the solid food and the deeper things of God if you're ever going to grow. And so look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And so I think this passage uh, describes pretty well uh, a lot of what we see. And if you're not familiar with 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writes, about what the last days will be like. It's a very good uh, prophetic couple of, of, of chapters here. But he tells you all these things that the world will be like in the last days. But look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. And, and this is one of the things that Paul says the world is going to be like in the end before Jesus comes. 2 Timothy 4, look at verse 3. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Man, we see this where they're just looking for someone that will tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And I thank God for people that are still bold enough to tell you the truth, even when you don't want to hear it. Because as I've said, we live in a day and age where the truth is not well accepted. You tell someone the truth and they freak out on you and call you a hater. You're like, man, what are you talking about? I'm just trying to help you out, man. And, and, and people in this day and age, just like Jesus said in John 8, he said that he told the Pharisees, like, you're of your father, the devil. He hates the truth. And if there's one thing that is hated in 2017, it's the truth 
people hate the truth. And if you present the truth to somebody and they don't want to hear it, they just go off on you. They blow up and they, and, and, and it's, it's crazy. They need counseling. They need therapy. If you tell them the truth, this is nuts. But, but, but Paul said, listen, don't be surprised, Timothy. There's coming a day when people, they'll just look for people, preachers that'll tell them whatever they want to hear, whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's, they, they just, they're not going to listen to anything. They're not going to listen to wholesome teaching anymore. So let's look at the rest of this. Verse four, he says, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. And that is absolutely true. I see people that fully reject the truth and the truth would set them free. They're depressed. They're miserable. They're hating their life. And you come and give them the answer that to what could absolutely change them. And, and they reject it. They're like, no, that, it couldn't possibly be that. It couldn't possibly be that I'm doing this and bringing pain upon myself. Couldn't possibly be that. But listen, they reject the truth and they chase after myths. That's wrong. But yet again, that's where we are in this day and age because People, they don't want to hear the truth. And we've got a generation of people that have been bottle fed, man. They've been, we got Christians that have been drinking milk for 50 years when they should have been on solid food a really long time ago. And that's not how you grow up spiritually. And so praise God for pastors and teachers that'll put some real food out there. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Who's thankful for preachers that'll still tell you the truth? Even when you don't want to hear it, they'll put the vegetables, they'll put the meat out there when you just wanted to come in and get a snack. No, you need solid teaching. You need real food from the word of God. Amen. And so absolutely you need solid food. The second thing that I'm going to say about about this topic is this. And this is concerning babies. Babies will put anything into their mouths. I just saw a lot of eye rolls from a lot of moms all at once. I just a collective eye roll. Babies, they'll just pick up anything and think it's food and put it into their mouth and chew on it. Right? Have you seen this? I mean, anybody? Am I the only one? So Sam, our little guy, he's at this age right now where anything that touches his hand instantly goes to the mouth. It could be a screwdriver and he's trying to like fit it into his mouth. His, we were at the beach yesterday. Fistful of sand. <laughs> like... Dude, that's not that's disgusting. That is not good for you. And, you know, he's got sand in his teeth. But listen, he doesn't know any better. He's a baby, but he'll just pick up anything that he gets his hands on and he'll put it in his mouth. And then when you try to say something to him, you're like, hey, you know, I'll see him sitting in the middle of the floor smiling and drooling. And and I'm like, oh, boy, he's got something in his mouth. And I'm like, Sam, get over here. And he takes off crawling as fast as he can. And he's like going up the hallway. and I have to chase him down and pry it out of his mouth because he doesn't know that if you swallow a Lego, that could really hurt you. If you swallow a penny, if you swallow a stick, if you if he's eating dog food the other day, I mean, all this weird stuff. Listen, and by the way, side note, my brother right here fed me canned dog food when I was a baby. And so, yeah, we were just discussing this the other day because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I tried a kibble one time, but I was thinking back on my life and I'm like. I have, wait a minute, that's really fuzzy, but I have this memory of him telling me that if I could eat real dog, if I could handle real dog food, that I would be able to turn into a dog. And then he fed me generic canned dog food. I'm not saying anything, but I did end up with cancer two years later. And so 
I blame that on the devil, but also he shouldn't have done that. There were no standards in the dog food industry 20 years ago. Well, those those longer than that, 30 years ago. But anyway, I'm just saying he needed called out on that. That was wrong, even though he was like three. So but babies, they'll put anything in their mouths and they they just don't they don't know that it's, it's dangerous for them. And baby Christians are the same way. They'll just listen to anybody that says they're a preacher. Anybody, they'll read and listen to anything. And man, this guy's got a lot of followers on YouTube. But I bet he's good. he's really good. And I, you know, and I'm glad that a lot of our young adults they'll come to me and Pastor Dave, what do you think of this guy? And and you know, some of the some of the guys are really great, and some of them are like, well, he's got some stuff that I think you're going to choke on. I don't think that'd be too good for you right now. And 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 listen, just because someone's famous, just because somebody wrote a book, doesn't mean that they're just absolute spiritual greatness that could change your life. Okay. Do you realize how easy it is to get a book published now? Go Google it. You could get it. You could have your own book out by the end of this week. Okay. So just because somebody has a book published doesn't mean that they're spiritually wise. You've got to be careful what it is that you're eating spiritually because there's some stuff out there that it'll straight poison you. And you got to know this when it comes to discerning truth from error that nobody, no, you know, no, erroneous minister or whatever just preaches 100 uh, percent uh, error most of the time because instantly you'd say, oh, wait, that, that's wrong. But it, it's the 10 percent of, of, of bad stuff that gets slipped in with the rest of it that'll hurt a baby Christian really, really bad. All right. I mean, if it was 100 percent bad, oh, that, you know, that's that's crazy. That, that, I, I get that right now that that's not good. But you you just got to be what's it say as wise as a serpent harmless as a dove and and you got to be discerning on what you're listening to because i i heard brother hagan say i mean most people you i mean if somebody came up and just handed you if you're you know a, a piece of food off the ground in a public place you'd be like no i don't want that. that that's i don't know what's on that but a lot of christians at the same time they don't think twice about just listening to reading any article anything at all they just take it all in just toss it down the chute there and it, listen it's the little things that start to poison you and mess you up. You've got to be uh, wise in what you uh, what you eat spiritually. OK, and so I want to show you something here in first John, chapter four. First John, chapter four. But you can't just put any old thing into your mouth there and, and think that you're going to be all right. You're going to choke on something. First John, chapter four. First John chapter four, I'm really at verse one. I'm going to look at this in the living Bible, not the new living translation, but the living Bible. First John chapter four, verse one. And here's some truth for you. John writes, dearly loved friends, don't always believe everything you hear just because someone says it's a message from God. There's a lot of truth in that sentence right there. Just because somebody says God told me this, that has screwed a whole lot of people up. Because if God told them that it would be in line with the word of God. Amen. Am I right? Hello. Wake up here. You guys are being a little too quiet. tonight. Listen to this. If something is truly from God, it is not going to contradict the word of God. Amen. And so, I mean, I've heard people say just really stupid things like, God told me that's supposed to be your wife over there, man. God told me, dude, she's married. Well, God told me. I'm just saying, like, God wouldn't tell you that, man. That's you're listening to the devil, dude. That's not God. That because God's word strictly forbids adultery, right? I mean, this is basic stuff there. And if you just listen to any old thing, you're like, well, 
God told him, <laughs> listen, that's going to screw you up. You got to know, be able to discern truth from error. And so John is telling us right here, just because someone says they get a message from God, don't always believe everything you hear. He says, test it first to see if it really is. For there are many false teachers around. And, well, you know, we're not here tonight to say everybody's a false teacher. I don't think that at all. I mean, there's great people in every denomination. I love them. There's great people. But at the same time, there are some false teachers around. And according to John, there are many false teachers out there. So you can't just believe everything you hear just because someone says, listen, man, God told me this. I'm just telling you right now. I know the Bible says this, but check it out. God told me this. I'm going to get as far away from that guy as I possibly can. Because Revelation says, look out for anybody that adds to the words of this book or takes away from it. If you're going to add to the Bible, dear God, get away, man. You're, I mean, I don't want to be there when the judgment comes because it's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. And I don't want to be there when, when that happens, man. And that's why there's a lot of false religions in this world because people decided they need to add to the Bible. All right. I mean, we got the religion that, you know, Mormonism. Okay, we're not being mean here. But, dude, they added a a whole new translation of the Bible. I mean, if you study that stuff, I'm not encouraging that, but I have. And check it out. That is screwed up, man. That contradicts nearly everything in the Bible. And just because some guy was out in the woods in New York and, you know, an angel appeared to him and gave him golden tablets that nobody ever saw. And, and, and all this stuff. Uh, here, oh, I know the Bible says this, but here's a whole new thing, man. Just take this and, and give it. Listen, no, that's error. That's wrong. And that is deceived and killed a whole lot of good people because they didn't test everything. They're like, oh, well, he said God told him. So God must have told him, well, I guess we better leave the church here and follow over here. Man, that'll kill you spiritually. That'll absolutely ruin you. And a lot of good people have been ruined because they chose to believe lies that were not in the word of God. And so I'm like John. If somebody has a revelation and if somebody wants to give me a word, I'm all for it, man. I want to receive a prophecy, but I am going to test it because the Bible tells me to. And if you tell me something that's totally berserk, I'm not going to go with it. I remember this one lady that she called herself a prophetess. And uh, another story with Josh here. But this lady, man, she she had she always had a word for everybody. I mean, uh, she always every day she had a word for you. And the crazy thing was, is that none of these words ever made any sense and they didn't bear witness in my heart ever. She told me that I was going to have a, own a truck driving company with dozens and dozens of semi trucks. And that was going to be my my lifelong ministry. And I'm like. I don't have no desire whatsoever to, you know, I, and, and listen, if, if God's going to have a word for it, it's going to bear witness in your spirit. She told Josh that he was the next Billy Graham and was going to have a worldwide and, and, you know, and praise God, Josh is in ministry. But do you have a desire to go hold tent meetings across the United States? No, no, stadiums. No, none of that's in his heart. And so God's using him. But I don't think that he's the next Billy Graham because that's just not what's on his heart. And so listen to me. Just because someone says it's from God, you can't say, well, they told me that it's from God. You've got to be careful because that's how babies choke. They just take everything in and shove it down. I can't tell you how many times I've had to pull things out of children's mouths and they don't know any better. 
They just don't know any better, but you got to rescue them and you got to lead them along the right way. And so don't just receive any old thing that people throw out there. Amen. I was thinking of this one time, um, a group of people from church, this guy came over to, to one fellow's house. The guy claimed he was a preacher that, I mean, but he doesn't even go to church himself, but he's a preacher. And I'm like, preachers go to church. That's, I mean, I'm not an expert on these things. I, I know a little bit about it, but, but most preachers, they go to church at least, right? I mean, even if you're, you know, an evangelist, you go to church. Some, well, this guy, he was a, he was a preacher and, you know, great revelations from God, but he was just, he was smarter than all the pastors in, in town. So he couldn't go to any of their churches and submit. Amen. All right. So, so here we are. And so this guy, he's, he's laying out his heavy revies for everybody, just throwing it out there, the manna from heaven. And, and so someone texts me and like, man, he's saying all this stuff. And I mean, I'm an expert on scripture, but I, I just doesn't make any sense. The things he's saying, I, I really, it's rubbed me the wrong way. So this one person just got up and left and I'm like, they were a baby in the Lord, but I'm like, good for you that you didn't know what was wrong, but you at least knew something wasn't right there. Amen. And I think about, you know, Sam, he could be chewing on a stick and I'm, and I'm sure he has to know that this isn't the same as his jar of baby bananas. He doesn't know what's exactly wrong, but he knows just something isn't right there. And, and, and I'm sure a lot of times, listen, you know, on the inside, like, man, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I, I don't know everything about the Bible, but there's something about that isn't right. If you getting that in your spirit, then you need to know, I, I better just walk away from that right now. Amen. Because if you swallow anything, just any old thing, you could swallow poison. And we're talking about spiritually here. It could choke you and it could do a whole lot of damage. Amen. And so you, you just got to be able to handle this. And, and I'm going to quote Brother Hagan, but he said, we need to be as careful about what we read and hear as we are about what we eat physically. Christians many times think nothing at all of gulping down some poisonous doctrine which will poison life spiritually, rob them of their spirituality, and ruin their testimony if they accept it. You need to be careful about what you listen to and eat spiritually. Who remembers a little song from when you were kids? Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Thank you, honey. My wife got that. All right. But you, you got to be careful, little ears, what you hear. Let me show you this in Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, because we're talking about growing up spiritually. And so anytime someone I mean, I, I listen to preaching every day. I, I, I'm serious. I listen to several hours of preaching every day. I have a podcast on nearly. I mean, if I'm walking around the property here, if I'm driving to Victorville, take the kid. I've got preaching on probably three to four hours a day. I'm listening to preaching. And the thing is, is whoever I'm listening to, though, it's always going to be there. If they're not using scripture, if they're not opening up the Bible to it, then that's not good enough for me. It may be an inspirational. And there's a lot of good motivational speakers out there. That's fine and dandy. That's good stuff. But if I'm going to listen to some preaching, man, there better be some Bible involved or it's not preaching. I need the Bible. I need the word of God. I need the bread from heaven. And so uh, Ephesians chapter four, verses 14 and 15, it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. Are, are children immature? They're really immature. All right. It says we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Now, it's pretty easy to fool a little kid. I convinced my sister that I turned into a dog every night and she believed me because 
little kids, you know, they're 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 gullible. They believe stuff. But if I went and told one of you adults that most of you would not believe me. And some of you, I think, would. But most of you, you know, you'd be like, oh, that, that, that's that's no, that, that's I don't believe that one. I'm sorry. But listen, when you get grounded in the word of God, you're not tossed to and fro like a waves of the sea that it's talking about here. You don't follow every new teaching. You're like, no, oh, that's not in line with the word of God. I'm not even going to listen to that. But this is talking about being a mature Christian. And so you're not influenced when people trick you with clever lies. Verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth and love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And so the more we listen and receive the word of God, we're no longer like immature children. You you don't stand a chance of growing up in the Lord if you're not getting a solid diet of the word of God. You, I mean, there's not a chance ever that you're going to grow up in God if you don't have a healthy diet of the word of God. And, you know, Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, I, I mean, listen, naturally speaking, anytime offers anybody offers me free food, I take it. That's just kind of an unwritten rule in my life. If you come up and offer me a tamale, I'm going to eat that tamale every time. If you come up and offer me fruit, I'm just going to take it, dude, because I love to eat. And so spiritually speaking, even more, man, I mean, every day I've got to get in the Bible before my day starts. And absolutely, I'm not going to miss a church service if it's within my power because this is a free meal, man. I get to come in here and have somebody else feed me some food. That's incredible. That's the best thing ever. Don't turn it down. And that's how you grow, because faith comes when you hear the word of God. And there's a lot of scrawny, weak Christians because they're not getting any faith. They're not hearing the word of God. And so they don't have a chance of having faith, man, because faith comes from hearing the word of God. It's great to pray, but that doesn't give you faith. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. It's great to worship but that doesn't give you faith. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. It's great to give to the poor, but that does not give you faith. It's great to go out and serve people and all these things, but that doesn't give you faith. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And so you've got to get to this place where you're not tossed about with every new strange teaching that comes about. Like Paul said, they're they're chasing myths. You can't be like that. And, you know, I, I was thinking I've been here in Barstow for 10 years. And I, I know some people that in 10 years time, they've been at three or four different churches in 10 years, probably some more than that. But that's that's crazy. That's insane. To, you know, I sometimes God will call you somewhere else. I, I've got no beef with that. Praise God. But but that many times in 10 years, that's instability, man. And I'm not saying you need to be at this church. If you don't belong here, then please go where you belong. But check it out. I see some people, someone comes into town, oh man, he, he teaches on this and that's what I want to hear. And then when that, when that fad is over, oh no, this guy talks about this. I'm going to go to this church now. And okay, well that's not cool anymore. Now the new teaching at the moment is this. And so they go over here. Man, they're immature. I'm, and I, I'm, I feel bad for them, man. They don't ever have any stability in life. They're up and down, up and down, up and down. They're, they get tossed all over the place. Their life's a train wreck, and it's because they're 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 babies, man. They're babies. They're chasing things, and 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 it doesn't work out for you. If you're going to be a mature Christian, you've got to be consistent, and you've got to receive 
the word of God and you've got to have a healthy diet, man. And so just like Paul said right here in Ephesians, you won't be like an immature child anymore. You're not going to be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. You're going to be stable. And the third thing we're going to say is this. If you're going to have a healthy diet as a mature Christian, number three, you have to actually eat your dinner. Because one last little downfall I see of kids is you could set a glorious meal in front of them, Thanksgiving dinner, and they decide that they want to go play. And they'd rather be outside, you know, playing in the sand than eating Thanksgiving dinner. Now, as adults, we're like, man, forget that. This comes once a year. I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner and it's going to be the bomb. But little kids, you know, they, I mean, they get distracted and, and they they forget to eat. And, you know, it shocks me. My kids, man, they're like this. They're they're tiny. They're so thin. And, and, and it shocks me like they don't eat that much. I'm like, man, I remember eating all the time as a little kid. And, but, you know, they'd rather go play video games or, or you know, whatever. Go, go throw the football and stuff. And they don't even think about eating. Well, you know, they're kids. They don't think about it. But who in here, I mean, you're aware when you miss a meal. Come on, don't lie. Don't lie. We're in church. If you miss a meal, you know it. And everybody else does because you turn into super mean, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's just get real here. You're not you when you're hungry. And and so there's some people, I, I, you know, we we know when we've missed a meal. But how come it is, spiritually speaking, we're fine to skip a meal, man. We're like, oh, I didn't read this morning. That's fine. You know, uh, but you ate breakfast. You took the time to stuff your cake hole, but you didn't take the time to open up and read the word of God. Listen, you should be just as concerned with your spiritual health as you are about feeding your natural body. Amen. Who in here would just eat once a week? Only on what if you only ate Sunday mornings? Every oh, it's Sunday again. I guess it's time to eat. <laughs> that would be stupid. I mean, I don't know anybody like that that would only eat once a week on Sunday mornings. That was the only time that they ate all week. Everybody I know eats every day. Usually three times a day, snacks in between, and and that's fine. That's good. But listen, you can't expect to be strong spiritually if you only eat once a week or, I mean, a lot of people a whole lot less than that. And then they go to they go to move a mountain out of the way and, and they, they can't get anywhere. I mean, they're, they're getting beat up. Like, why don't I have any strength? Why are my prayers not getting answered? I don't get it. Well, man, you haven't ate for a month there. You don't have any strength at all spiritually. You're not getting anywhere. So you, you you've got to actually show up to the dinner table to eat. And I know a lot of people, you know, they're like, hey, I want to be strong like pastor. Well, you got to realize that, that this man, he has a healthy diet. He works out spiritually. He, he eats spiritually every day. You don't just turn into, a, you know, a, a strong faith man without ever doing the things that strong faith men do. Just like you can't expect to, you know, be an Olympic gold medal weightlifter if you never get out there and do anything about it. You got to have the right diet. You got to exercise. I was watching this thing with Michael Phelps a couple of years ago. And I, they were showing the breakfast that he has to eat every morning just to, to break even because he burns like 10,000 calories a day just by swimming. And so he has to eat like a 10,000 calorie breakfast. It's, it's crazy. The breakfast that he, he eats like a, you know, like a dozen pancakes, a dozen eggs and like a pound of sausage and all this stuff. And he's still like chiseled and ripped, but he has to do that just to break even because he's putting forward that much effort every single day 
and you're out there every day striving and putting forth effort. I mean, you're eating five calories and wonder like, man, I feel weak. I don't feel so good right now, bro. I'm getting, I'm, oh, I don't feel good, dude. Well, it's because you, you need to go eat, man. You need to go eat. And, you know, the world's out there putting all this pressure on you and you're sitting there starving. You've got to feed yourself and you've got to actually show up to the dinner table when it's time. And so I encourage you, eat the word every day. You need to be feeding yourself. How often? Every day. And I don't feel guilty saying that. I'm not a judgmental hater. I'm being for real. You need to eat the word every day. And I mean, that's not for my benefit for you to eat every day. That's for your benefit. That's so you'll be healthy and strong and have faith. And of course, you need to show up because every Sunday, Thanksgiving dinner, baby, you get a full out full cooked meal and you all you got to do is show up. You don't have to be the one cooking. You're not the one studying and praying all week to prepare it. All you got to do is show up for this thing and, and, and it'll get fed right to you, man. That's the best thing ever. So eat every day, feed yourself every day and show up on Sunday and let the pastor feed you. The last thing we're going to look at is John chapter six. One last thing that Jesus said, John chapter six, verses 48 through 50, John chapter six. Verses 48 through 50. Who's excited? Anybody getting anything tonight? All right, good. I was praying for about four people to get something. and My prayers have been answered. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Next time I'll pray for a little more than that. John chapter 6. Verses 48 through 50. So... I know I've said this several times, but Jesus and John, seven different times, he presented himself as I am. And he would say, I am, you know, the way, the truth and the life. I am whatever. And, but here's here's an interesting one. It's John chapter six, verse 48. Jesus says, yes, I am the bread of life. Man, yeah, the bread of life. That sounds awesome. I want the bread of life. Verse 49, he said, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Oh, jeez. Wow. I don't need that manna. But look at this. Verse 50, anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. And so if Jesus says, I am the bread of life, I am the bread of life. Well, what exactly? I mean, let's just break it down because John chapter one tells us that Jesus is the word. How am I going to eat and partake of the bread of life? It's got to be the word of God, right? It's got to be the word of God. And so every time that I open up the word right here, I am eating the bread from heaven. And, and I mean, you can eat as much of this as you want, even if you're on a low carb diet, even if you don't do gluten, we'll check it out. This right here will change your life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And I know, I mean, we see people all over the place that they, 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 they've got uh, something on the inside of them. They, they're, they're trying to fill a void. They've got a hunger for something. And they're, and they're looking all over the place to try to fill this void in their life. And if they would just get a hold of the bread of life, it would fill that void. Jesus said, blessed are those 
who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so I'm telling you tonight, listen, as a Christian, if you're going to grow up, if you're going to actually get somewhere in the Lord, you're going to have to have a healthy diet and it can't be eating once a week, once a month. Never, never eating at all. You are going to die spiritually. You've got to just like you feed your body every day. You've got to feed your spirit every day, just like you show up for dinner whenever it's Thanksgiving dinner. Show up to church, man. Show up to church and get the word of God. Get that huge meal that's been prepared and prayed over and blessed and everything else. And, and when it's put out there to you, man, eat the bread of life and it'll you'll be satisfied. It'll fill you and God will just see you grow and grow and grow. And so if we're talking about spiritual grown ups, you've got to start having a healthy diet. Quit starving yourself. Quit listening to only what you want to hear. Quit just picking up any old thing off the floor and throw it in your mouth. You can't do that anymore. If you're going to grow up, you've got to get to the place where you're mature and healthy because we just read in Ephesians 4, when you're mature, you don't get tossed all around in life anymore. You're not like a wave of the sea getting thrown everywhere. You're stable and solid and your life is good. Who wants the good life? Amen. So let's get healthy in Jesus name. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.